You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hope everybody is doing well. It's great to have you here on Listen Up. We uh, continue to talk some NFL. We got the NBA. The NBA All-Star Weekend is coming up in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Where else would you rather be than Cleveland, Ohio for the NBA All-Star Game? Seriously, right? On the shores of beautiful Lake Erie in February. Let's do it. Absolutely. Let's do it. Hey, you know the routine. Raise your hand. Just hit that hand icon. And I will put you right on Friday coming up on the uh, podcast. We will. Well, actually, my next two episodes will be Jerry Reynolds to talk about the first half of the NBA season, even though it's really well past the halfway point. So Jerry Reynolds and then uh, Brian Urlacher, the Hall of Fame linebacker from the Chicago Bears. He will be coming on the podcast as well. Not positive yet who's going to be Friday and who will be on Tuesday, but we'll figure that out. But those will be my next two episodes, uh, Friday and Tuesday. Jerry, I'll probably have Jerry on Friday since it is uh, All-Star Weekend, and we can certainly uh, converse. Of course, you know, it will still be the All-Star break on Tuesday as well. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll figure it out. But those are going to be my next two guests. And I uh, hope you can join me on my podcast. Again, love talking, as always, uh, with the great Jerry Reynolds. I mean, there's nobody better than Jerry, right? Is he the best? I, I told Jerry this the other day when I talked to him. I go, you know what, Jerry? I go, how awesome would it be if you and I could do one more game together? You know, any game. And he's like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. And, uh, Jer- you know, Jerry, Jerry is so awesome. He really is. He's great. So we'll uh, have Jerry on. It will either be Friday or Tuesday. And then uh, I just got off the uh, phone with Brian Urlacher, the uh, Hall of Fame linebacker. What a life he has. I was like, when when do you want to do this? He goes, well, I'm golfing tomorrow and I'm golfing Thursday. And then I've got my uh, son's high school basketball game tomorrow night. And I'm like, yeah, you golf every day. He goes, pretty much. I'm like, you know, good for you. He goes, yeah, the weather's just perfect out here. I'm like, well, you know, you live in Arizona, you know, in Phoenix and Scottsdale. I would think that in the wintertime, it is perfect, you know? Uh, good for him. Good for him. How about those Sacramento Kings last night? How about that performance? You have a chance to have a winning streak of three games, and you go out against a team that had lost 11 in a row, and you put 85 on the board. Pretty bad, huh? How about that game? 110 to 85, uh, the Kings get embarrassed 
in Brooklyn against a team that had lost 11 in a row. I guess they played Brooklyn at the wrong time after the trade, even though no Durant, no Irving, no Simmons. But how about Seth Curry, huh? That little pest, Seth Curry. Always seems to play well against Sacramento, doesn't he? Of course, he was on the Kings for a period of time, but no one ever seems to want Curry. He's always moving from team to team to team, and seems like everywhere he goes, he helps them. He scored 23 last night, and again, the final was, uh, what was it, 110-85, right? Whatever the hell it was. Unbelievable. Seriously. Kings couldn't shoot, no assist, and... You know, after they had just beat Washington, another bad team to open up this road trip, 123 to 110. They got a day off, which is not always a good thing in New York on a weekend. They get a day off and they go to Brooklyn. And again, 11 game losing streak, 11 games. And you lose by that count, huh? Bad news, huh? Bad news indeed. So if you want to talk about that or anything else, we will uh, certainly invite your uh, phone calls. Yeah, I've always said this about Sacramento fans, especially now, and I get it. I mean, it's been such a horrible, horrible stretch of basketball since 2006. You know, the team gets excited. I shouldn't say the team. The fans get excited whenever there's like a, a slight glimmer of hope, right? You make the trade. You take on Minnesota. You beat the Timberwolves, and it's like, oh, I can't wait to go to the next game, and oh, everything's going to be great. Then they go and they play the Washington Wizards, and they beat the Wizards, and now everybody can't wait for the next game against Brooklyn. And then the next game comes, and it's a blowout. The Kings score 85 points, and the fans' reaction is up. Same old team. (laughs) It really cracks me up. Same old team. I'm like, well, not really. I mean, I don't think this team's going to the playoffs. And by that, I don't think they're going to be in the top 10. And then what's going to happen is, They're going to try to finish the season on a strong note and they'll win some games. And then what's going to happen instead of maybe being first, second, third or fourth in the lottery, there'll be seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 or 12. And yes, the, you can get a good player. Tyrese Halliburton was taken 12th. And the last time I looked, he's pretty damn good, but in all likelihood, you won't find a Tyrese Halliburton in the draft. And I know the players don't care, and I hate the word tanking, but Sacramento right now has 37 losses. Here's what we do know. Detroit and Orlando, okay, and Houston will absolutely positively have more losses than the Sacramento Kings, okay? In all likelihood, Oklahoma City will have more losses, and in all likelihood, Indiana will. So that's five teams that will have worse records than Sacramento. Again, they have 37 losses. Portland is in 10th with 34 losses. New Orleans has 34 losses. San Antonio has 36. 
Now, is it possible that you could get on a roll and move up to 10th? Mm, it's possible, but it's unlikely. And the reason why I say it is unlikely is there's only, have you looked at the schedule? There's only 23 games left, right? The Kings are 22 and 37. After tomorrow night, okay, after tomorrow night in Chicago, there will be, there's only 22 games left. So there's 23. I'm, I'm, I'm looking after tomorrow. So after tomorrow, 22 games left. All right? So in order to move up, okay, and be number 10, you're going to have to go on a hell of a streak here with 22 games left. And I, I really don't see the Kings being good enough to do that, meaning that they're just too inconsistent. Now, tomorrow is a very winnable game. The Bulls have all kinds of injuries. So, and it's getaway day. So it would not shock me if Sacramento beat Chicago tomorrow. It would shock me if the Bulls were at full strength, but they got a lot of injuries. Then you look at the Kings' schedule coming out of the All-Star break. They have a home-and-home with Denver, so let's say they split that. Go to Oklahoma City, should win that. Then at New Orleans and at San Antonio, both those teams are right where Sacramento is. Then you go to Dallas, all right? Then you come home and play New York and Denver. Then you're at Utah. This is a really tough stretch here. At Utah, home Chicago, home Milwaukee, home Boston, home Phoenix. And then you go on a road trip where, you know, a lot of winnable games at Indiana, at Orlando, Miami, and then two games at Houston. So there are a lot of winnable games there. You just never know which Sacramento Kings team is going to show up from game to game. You really don't. And I would say tomorrow's game is a, is a, is a really a 50-50 proposition because of all the injuries that the Bulls have. And they do. They have a lot of injuries. So the Kings are catching Chicago, you know, at a pretty good time. Zach Levine, out. All right. Lonzo Ball, out. Alex Caruso, out. Patrick Williams, out. So, you know, again, with no Levine, that's a big break, an all-star. So we'll see what happens. You know, you never know which Sacramento Kings team is going to show up uh, from game uh, to game. You know, it's getaway day for both these teams. You know, players a lot of times don't even go on the airplane on the way home after the trip. So, you know, you got to keep their focus because guys are thinking about, gee, you know, they're going here, they're going there. They're going to be down in the Bahamas. They're going to be in Cabo. They're going to be in Vegas. You know, I don't know. Well, my point is they're taking off. Very often. You get on an airplane after the uh, last game before the All-Star break. I've been on team plane when there's only two guys on there. You know, on a plane, it, literally, there's two guys, a couple of coaches, equipment manager, trainer. And, you know, you have just as many flight attendants as you have people on the plane sometimes. Yeah, it seems like that always happens. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. You know, again, last night, you lose a game that you probably felt like you should have won. And then you look at the standings, and it was not a good night because New Orleans won, right? 
and you figured that they might lose at home to Toronto. They won. Portland now all of a sudden has won three in a row. Spurs had a big lead. They lost at Chicago. But with Portland and New Orleans winning, Portland won at Milwaukee. I know. Think about that for a second. So that that was an unexpected win uh, for the Blazers. You know, again, they made the big deal. They moved C.J. McCollum. But that was a pretty big win for them. Winning at Milwaukee, 122-107. to 107. Then they're at Memphis. I would be very surprised if Portland wins that game tomorrow. Very surprised. I I love Memphis. I love what they're doing. I love how they're playing. They're, they are the real deal. They're the real deal. So, again, if you want to talk about uh, anything going on in the NBA or NANFL news, we will do that right here on Listen Up. Just raise your hand. Hit that hand icon, and I will put you uh, right on. The NBA tonight, again, games go through Thursday. But you look at the uh, schedule coming up in the NBA tonight. Cleveland is at Atlanta. Good game in Miami with the Mavs and the Heat. Austin is at Philadelphia. Milwaukee hosts Indiana. Charlotte is in Minnesota. Memphis is at New Orleans. And the Clippers are in Phoenix. So, you know, here's another opportunity for a team to knock off a team that the Kings are competing against in New Orleans. And Memphis, again, they are really good. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win both tonight uh, and tomorrow. All right, let's get to Eli. Hello, Eli. Hey, Grant. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, I, I agree with your take on how disappointing it is as a Kings fan for so long. I uh, had been a few months since I watched any of the games, and since Sabonis got there, I watched the last two, and, of course, I was excited when they won in Washington and then last night it was <laughs> same old stuff, like you said. So that's very disappointing. So I, I guess at this point they just need to bring in at least one solid player in the off season, right? Cause if they bring back the same team, it's going to be another under 500. Yeah. Team. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to, I mean, there's no question about that. I think the team next year uh, will look significantly different than it does right now. Uh, Fox will be on the team next year. So bonus will be on the team next year. Mitch will be on the team next year, you know, but, but I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a, a ton of moves in the off season. I really wouldn't. I, I mean, it would not surprise me at all. So how likely do you think it is that they'll be able to get another, you know, good caliber player on the roster? It's going to be difficult uh, because if you're not trading Fox and you're not trading Sabonis and you're not trading Mitchell, which I think it's safe to say, uh, the, the guy that probably would get you the most would be, Harrison Barnes, and, you know, what is it that the Kings are going to need? They're going to need some perimeter shooters, so they're going to need some wing players. You know, I'll talk about all of this with Jerry Reynolds when I have him on the podcast either uh, Friday or Tuesday and, you know, get his thoughts on this. Uh, and, I'll, you know, now that I think about it, I'll probably have Jerry on Friday, but uh, I'll get his thoughts on that. He's told me, you know, that the Kings really need some wing players, but they're going to need some shooters. You know, they lost both Halliburton and Heald two really good shooters from the outside. You know, they're going to have a void with their perimeter shooting. I mean, look at last night. I mean, how bad was the shooting last night from three? I mean, it was awful, yeah, wasn't it? Embarrassing. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was a high school team or what. That was just awful. I mean, you're always going to have nights where collectively you don't shoot the ball well. I mean, that's just part of the game of basketball in the NBA. I mean, it, it just it's one of those things. But with that said, they, they don't have a lot of type flight 
three-point shooters on their their squad right now when you lose both Halliburton and Heald. So that all of a sudden, you know, becomes a weak spot on your team. So Monty McNair is going to have to address that in the offseason, and he will. You know, he will. Now, I'm not really sure, you know, what that translates into in terms of who you get, uh, but it's going to have to happen, you know. But last night, I mean, the shooting was dismal. I mean, everyone, right? I mean, you know, you look at the shooting. I guess Fox shot the ball pretty well. I can't really get on him. He shot the ball well. I think, what, he was 9 of 18, but Holiday was terrible. Uh, Barnes did not shoot the ball well. Sabonis didn't even score 10 points last night. And then you look at the three-point shooting last night. It was 9 of 35. I mean, how yeah. bad is that? You know, you're not going to win games. A air balls there, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. So <laughs> thanks, Eli. Yeah, thanks, Grant. All right, take it easy. Hey, if you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it right here on Listen App. All right, let's move along to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are you? Good. What's happening? I, I was just thinking, uh, want to know, what do you think about Terrence Davis? I know he's hurt, but could he become another shooter like uh, Buddy Heald was when he was hot? Uh, do you think they're going to keep him? Or yeah, I don't know if I would. I don't know if he can be like Buddy Heald. You know, when uh-huh. Buddy is, you know, listen, when Buddy is shooting the ball well, I mean, let's just call it the way it is. I mean, Buddy's one of the best shooters in the league. The problem with Buddy, I think we all know this. Uh, is his frame of mind, and unfortunately, you know, there were he just I thought he mailed it in this year. You know, he didn't. He looked to me like right. he did not even want to be on the team. So, you know, but I, I wouldn't put Terrence Davis in the same category as Buddy Heald. But you know, again, the guy's a, is a good shooter. I mean, you know, when you look right. at his stats this year and what he was doing, his three point shooting was on the at home was really good, and on the road it was really bad. But for his career. You know, he's an okay three-point shooter. He's not great. He's okay, you know, at 36%. And during the regular season this year, though, he's been under 33%. And that's not going to cut it. You can't be shooting from three as a shooting guard under 33% from downtown. Well, you got to be, what, about 40-something percent? Well, you know, you got to be in the high 30s. I don't know about 40, but, you know, you got to be up there. And he's 32.9 is not going to cut it. He's not even shooting the ball well from the floor this year, you know, at uh, 42%, which is about – one and a half percent below his career average. Okay. One one thing, and this might be a little bit off topic, but uh, how is the this BLM investigations with them? Uh, all the states taking away their charitable donations and the investigations going on with them, and the sixty million dollars that is, uh, you know, they can't find it or it's unaccountable. Is that going to help you with your case? Uh, I really don't know. I can't really comment on whether it's going to help me or not. I think personally that my case uh, stands on its own merit, uh, regardless of what's going on with Black Lives Matter. I, I, I mean, six words, all lives matter. Every single one should not be grounds for termination. I think most most rational people uh, believe that. As I have been very open and, and honest down here, you know, most of my friends down here are people of color. And I've had all these conversations with them. And there's only been one person out of all of the people that I've met down here, uh, only one 
okay, that felt that I should have uh, been reprimanded the way I was. All the other uh, friends down here, and again, they became my friends. They didn't know me when I first met them. They all thought what happened to me is just disgraceful, every single one of them. And I'm talking about, you know, African-Americans, blacks. I'm talking about people from the Caribbean. I'm talking about people from South America. I mean, really, every single person I've talked to down here thinks that what happened to me is a travesty. So, you know, as far as what's going on with Black Lives Matter, I, I really I can't comment on how that would affect my case. Yeah, I was just wondering. I, I just thought it might be helpful because, I mean, you know, you, what you said was 100% correct. And, I mean, you didn't jump on the bandwagon and everything like everybody. And what you said was perfectly, it was it was right. And, it's the truth. You know, everybody. What I said was factually correct. All lives matter, every single one. I mean, are there really people in this country that don't believe that every life matters? I mean, are there people? And again, I not I didn't used to talk about this on the radio. I didn't listen. You probably listened to me for many years in Sacramento. Three yeah, things I you. never talked about. I never talked about politics. Nobody knew whether I was a Democrat or a Republican or how I voted. I never talked about it. I never talked about someone's sexuality because I didn't care. And right. I never talked about religion because I don't care what religion you are. But right. my religion, but my religion, Unitarian Universalist has seven, and they added an eighth principle, but for all my years of being a practicing Unitarian Universalist, which, again, uh, I wasn't a devout religious person where I went to church every week, but I certainly followed the Unitarian religion and know everything about it. The very first principle of the Unitarian Universalist religion is the inherent worth and dignity of every person. That's the very first principle in the religion. And listen, there were years where, you know, I didn't follow the Unitarian because my wife was, you know, Christian and I respected her wanting our boys to grow up with a Christian background. And I was okay with that. So, you know, for many years, I would uh, go with her and the boys uh, to church. And right. I had no problem because the Unitarian Universalist Church is a study of all religions. We accept right. all religions. We welcome uh, Jewish Christians. We, we welcome Muslims. We welcome all religions into our right. church. So it wasn't a big deal for me. Well, I mean, I'm a Christian, too. And, and the bottom line is everybody, it's even in the Bible, everybody was created equal. And that's exactly, that's the definition yep. of what you were saying. Well, again, my first principle in the church that I started going to when I was four, my middle name, by the way, is named after uh, the minister uh, that was at my church before I was born. That's my middle name at the Unitarian Universalist Community Church of New York. But it is the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Hey, listen, thanks for the call, Jeff. Appreciate All right. it. All right. Be well. Hey, if you want to get in on the program, please do so. But I didn't. No one knows what I did in my spare time in terms of what I believed in on the sports. I didn't care. I, I didn't care to let you know because I didn't think you cared. Why would you care what my religion is? Why would you care, you know, uh, about whether I was a Democrat or Republican or in the middle? Why, why would that matter to you? It didn't matter to me. And, it, and, and listen, it doesn't matter to me, for those of you listening, whether you voted for Trump or Biden, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me. You're entitled to vote for whoever you think is the best person that you deem to be president. I'm not going to, you know, look at you as a bad person because you voted for someone differently than I did or because your religion is different than mine or your sexuality is different. I don't care what your sexuality is. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're transgender. It makes absolutely no difference to me. The only thing that matters to me, are you a good person or are you not a good person? That's all I care about.
the other stuff I don't really care about. You're do what you want with your life. Be happy, right? Be happy. You know, there are too many people walking around that are miserable. Go be happy. You know, and, and if you want to be happy and it isn't really my cup of tea, then that's fine. Be happy. Hey, Jeff, I've got you up on stage with me. You got to hit that microphone icon on your device or you'll see a little and then you hit it. It will be a green uh, dot and then you'll be on with me. All right. So tell you what I'm going to do, Jeff. I'm going to put you back in the audience and then you can figure it out. Once you do hit that hand icon again, Jeff, I'll put you right back up on stage uh, and you can come on with me. You know, it's it, it's really uh, mystifying to me and quite frankly, disturbing to me how many friendships ended over the last election. Like, why? Why would you stop being friends with somebody because they voted for someone different than you? Like, I, that's foreign to me. I don't quite understand that. I, I don't. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. Brian, you're on with Grant. How are you? Hey, Grant. I'm well. How are you? Good, Brian. What's happening today? Hey. Oh, good. I, 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 I was traveling yesterday, so I listened to Rewound of your show uh, this morning. And, Thank uh, you. I was in... Uh, I was in Vegas for a wedding uh, by pure coincidence in the Super Bowl, so we were able to, we were able to stay and enjoy the event. We were over at the Circa Hotel and Casino, and that was a very memorable experience. What a good time! Wait, hey, was, was was Mike Pereira in there? You know what? I, he very well could have been. I I mean, I know who what he looks like. I don't yeah. recall seeing him. Okay, but, but it was it. I was in. Uh, we got there early. We we got a table. Good for you. It was, just, it was a blast. What what's a blast it like? What's it that. like being in? What's it like being in Vegas on Super Bowl uh, Sunday? I've heard it's amazing. It exceeded my expectation uh, by a lot. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mainly, maybe you know, I think it was partly because we were fortunate enough to get a, a table early. Uh, there was places everywhere when we were checking pricing. You know, covers were outrageous, but we were able to get in there early. Only two hours before the game, really, and we found a table. They let some people in. We were right in front of the, the big screens, and once Good the for game you. was on with all the volume, it was just a ten. What That's a fun great. Experience. Good for you. Yeah. I, you know what? I've never done it, and I've had a lot of friends that have, and they say it's phenomenal. They say it's great. They really do. I've never heard a bad thing about it. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, no, I would encourage anyone uh, to do it. You know, and plan appropriately. And anyone who loves sports loves, you know. Just the whole package of Vegas with sports, definitely worth the uh, the time and energy. And Awesome. Uh, it, here's what was interesting. So, of course, you're there. You're able to do a bunch of prop bets and all that. Yep. I, as a Niner fan, I wanted to root for the Bengals, so I didn't care about betting. So everything I did was more Bengal-oriented. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I did do as a small hedge was uh, do the bet for Donald for MVP, which was a very good payout. And – Interesting enough, I heard you say that yesterday about the voting done two minutes before the game end because when we were done, I was waiting there purposely to see if Donald won the MVP because no one really stood out on the Rams as far as an MVP performance. And anyhow, I just found that interesting because he made his impact, of course, you know, the last two minutes and so forth. And I know, you know, Cup's the the sexy pick and all. I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, he had made some great plays, but it could have gone either way. And I find it interesting that they don't wait to the end of the game to do the actual vote. I agree. That's, that's, that it's, does surprise me. It, especially in a close game. If it's a blowout, maybe I can see that. You know, if it's a blowout. But in a in a close game, that's surprising to me. Yeah. I had no idea that that was even uh, 
that was the way it was done. So that that was a you know fun experience and. And of course, this is all fun money, so you know all, all was good. But that was interesting to hear. And then one other interesting that you you know, were commenting on all the celebrities and LeBron James and all that. Uh, when they when he showed up on the on the screen out there, the he was booed heavily in that casino. It was very interesting, you know, uh, right or wrong or what have you. It's just that was the response of the crowd huh. when they flashed LeBron James. Very interesting. You know, I really feel that LeBron has a lot of detractors now, a lot of critics, and yes, he is a great basketball player, but I think a lot of people have been completely turned off by his actions on social media and his hypocrisy and double standards, and I think a lot of people uh, would boo him if given the opportunity. So I can't say that I'm shocked by that. I'm a little surprised but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked. And, you know, I've done a lot of podcasts on this. If you've listened to what I've had to say, uh, I think LeBron James has pushed away a lot of people from the NBA. Now, conversely, he's probably attracted a lot of people to become basketball fans. But I think he's pushed away probably as many fans as he's brought into the game, particularly the last few years with his absurd absurd uh, irresponsibility, uh, excuse me, his his uh, irresponsible, not irresponsibility, his irresponsible, callous tweets uh, of social events, uh, police events. I think he's lost a lot of respect and credibility among uh, people in this country. I really believe that. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you 100%. So, yep. well, no, hey, nice talking to you, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Brian. Good phone call. You know, I think the, the his actions as it relates to China, uh, his ridiculous tweets, uh, he's so quick to judge. He wants to be judge and jury all the time. He doesn't want to wait for facts. Uh, he just, I think he's irresponsible. You know, a guy that has over 50 million followers. And, you know, you don't ever hear him tweet about, you know, crimes against Asians or Hispanics or the uh, the Jewish people or the anti-Semitic. You know, you never hear LeBron talk on that. Never. You know, never. But he wants to rip Daryl Morey for his free Hong Kong tweet. All right. And, you know, destroys him and, you know, builds up China. And then two years later, completely changed his tune. And then, you know, the tragic shooting in Columbus, Ohio, where a police officer made an instantaneous decision as he was watching a young gal getting ready to stab another gal and took action and shot her. And LeBron put out his ridiculous tweet of what did it say? You're next with the picture of the police officer. And then he subsequently deleted it. But it's just, you know, again, he doesn't want to wait for facts. He doesn't want to you know, stop and go, wait a minute. You know, maybe that was a justified shooting. You know, he doesn't want to look at it from a law enforcement point of view. You know, I read, I did an entire podcast on this and I read an incredible open invitation to LeBron from a law enforcement person in Los Angeles. And it was great. It, it was one of the best things that I've read. And I read the whole letter i think he put it out on instagram if i'm not mistaken to lebron saying hey why don't you come and 
spend the day with me and let me help you understand what our lives are like and everything else. And, you know, of course, you know, LeBron won't reach out to that person because LeBron knows it all. You know, he's too perfect for everybody. He's perfect on the basketball court. Though, I'll tell you that he guy's a hell of a player and I will always give him uh, respect for that. But as a person off the basketball court, I really have no respect for the man. I really don't. And I'm not naive and I'm not oblivious to what he's done in Akron and what he's done, you know, for his charitable contributions. And I I, I will applaud him for that. You know, I'm always going to try to be objective, but he's been so irresponsible, so irresponsible on social media. And it's just been uh, awful, terrible, really awful. I, I don't know what else to say. Embarrassing. All right. If you want to get in on the program today, uh, I'd love to hear from you. We can talk about anything you want. Just hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Same time tomorrow, uh, 3 o'clock. Again, I think I think we'll have Jerry Reynolds on Friday, Brian Urlacher on Tuesday. Could switch them. I'm not positive yet, but we will get Jerry on to talk about the Kings trade. We'll talk to Jerry about what he sees as the biggest needs for the Kings. And by then, the Kings will have had one more game. Uh, before I talk to Jerry as they play in Chicago uh, tomorrow uh, against the uh, Bulls. And then the uh, couple, I think there's two games on Thursday, I believe. And then uh, it is indeed uh, the all-star break. And then after tomorrow, and again, I don't think a lot of fans realize this. You know, we always say the first half and the second half. But, you know, the halfway point is well in our rearview mirror. All right. Uh, There's only 22 games left after tomorrow in Chicago. Let's get to Al. What's up, Al? How are you? Hey, Nate. Hey, I, I got a question. Uh, you know, on Urlacher, I love my, by the way, I, I'm looking forward to that show. Yep. Uh, my question is, isn't he kind of like on the outs in Chicago because of his, his, his stance on yes. the uh, George Floyd uh, and the Chauvin uh, situation? Well, he, you know what? It, it's it, it has to do with everything. He's very outspoken about how he right. feels about political issues and social issues, and he believes what he says. And you know, he did ruffle some people the wrong way, absolutely. And he he's fine with that because he's speaking what he believes in. But yes, that is very true. Yeah, and like you pointed out, and earlier in your statements, I mean, I'm the same as you. No, we're I'm a year older. You know, I don't want to know your your any of your personal stuff, you know, I don't put bumper stickers on my car. I don't put signs in my front yard. It's nobody's business. I don't want to know it. So I, I had yeah. heard that the Urlacher was kind of on the outs as far as the, the, I don't know who's, well, I mean, you know, I, I believe it was, I don't believe it was from George Floyd. I believe it was the Jacob Blake uh, shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And oh. I, be, and I believe that's what it was from. The bears were not happy uh, with, what he had to say. That's what it was. I believe I'll, I, I just brought it up. I'll read it to you. He said okay. this. All right. I'll read, I'll read what the bears were upset sure. about. I'm going to read the quote. Brett Favre played the Monday night football game. The day his dad died through four touchdowns in the first half and was a legend for playing in the face of adversity. All right. Now this right. was on Instagram. NBA players boycott the playoffs because a dude reaching for a knife wanted on a felony sexual assault warrant was shot by police. All right. And then the Bears said this, the social media posts in no way reflect the values or opinions of the Chicago Bears organization. That's I think that's what you're referring to. 
Okay, I apologize. I was way off base, and that's my bad because you know that's a completely different situation uh, with the the guy with the knife. As as you and I agree, when normal rational people, I think, would agree. But you know, it is what it is. <clears throat> well, you know, also, again, Brian's, Brian Orlocker is not afraid to speak his opinion, and he's going to say what he believes, and he's going to let the chips fall where they may. I'm I I, I really. Don't know what else to say. I've done, I've done a couple of shows with him in the yeah. past on No Filter Network, and he's very open. Uh, he, you ask him a question, he answers yeah. it. And I, I actually had him on my podcast about a year ago, yeah. and it was it was a fun conversation. I enjoyed talking with him. Oh, I love Brian. I love Rollocker. I always respected his game. You know, I mean, I he never, no matter what the score was, he's always going one hundred and ten percent. So and then he made the Hall of Fame real quick. So. Looking forward to the show. Thanks for thanks for taking the call. Take care. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, and again, you can go back and you know, people want to label Brian Urlacher and go, boy, he's racist. Well, you know, if you spend any time around Brian Urlacher and you knew uh, him as a player and what his teammates felt about him, and I'll tell you what, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that on my podcast. I'll I'll ask him. All right, because. Uh, Brian's very opinionated, you know, very opinionated. You know, I know that he is very close to Lovey Smith, who just got the job in Houston. Uh, Lovey loves Brian. Brian loves Lovey. They have a phenomenal uh, relationship. And I'm not going to sit here and go, like, I'm best friends with Brian Urlacher and I know everything about his personal life. I don't. So, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn here. But I, I, I like Brian. And I like him because he's direct. And just because I like him doesn't mean I have to agree with everything he says. I mean, there are other, a lot of people in my life that I like that I don't agree with what they say. Doesn't mean that I'm not friends with them anymore. I mean, like, that's I, again, a lot of these things are uh, foreign to me. You know, they really are. So I, I, I don't even know what else to say. You know, I really don't. All right, if you want to come on the uh, program today, all you need to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. All right? Love to have you on. We can, and Listen, if you want to talk about topics like this, then, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know? I'm fine with that. And if you want to find Brian Urlacher, uh, you'll have to go to a golf course because that seems like to me that's where he is all the time. How about that? Right? Man. Like, yeah, that doesn't suck. Good for him. You know what? Good for him. Uh, let's get to some more phone calls right here on Listen App. I'll put you up on stage. you hit your mic button. And you will be on with me. It is simple as that. Love everyone listening and all your support. Uh, Mark, I've got you up on stage, and there you are. Mark, go ahead. You're on with Grant. Thanks very much for chiming in. Mark, I see your green light on. Can you hear me, buddy? Hello, Mark. Hello. All right, Mark, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Oh, there you are. You there, Mark? Go ahead, yeah, Mark. Can you hear me? Yep, go ahead. Yeah. Grant, long time no speak, buddy. I really miss you. Thank you. Um, you know, very, you know, I'm glad that uh, you're on your feet and 
doing something on the radio at least. Well, you know what? I'm really happy to hear your voice because you know what? It's been a while and you and I used to have some great debates on the radio and I miss talking to you. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this. And, you know, you're a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You and I used to have some big time disagreements on the radio, right? We used to get really animated at one another, but I would let you call the next day and we would have fun. And I respected what you had to say. And I know you did with me. And so, you know what? I'm really happy that uh, you found me here. And thanks very much for calling. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, I I heard you were you had a podcast, and I kind of searched around, and I and I saw that, uh, you know, I was able to download it, and uh, you know, I truly miss you, man, because uh, you and I, you know, you know, I worked uh, for the same organization as you for for quite a while. Yep. I'd see you around the arena, and uh, we talk, you know, occasionally on the phone, and you know, uh, when you had your you know your show in Sacramento. Uh, you know, I'm a big time. We got into discussion, big time Golden State fan. You know that. Yep. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so you know, I, I, like I said, uh, you know this this whole situation. You have to understand a lot of these a lot of these guys in the NBA, like LeBron James, uh, you know, Demarcus Cousins. These guys, pretty much, I'm not. I, I, this isn't a put. They really don't know what life is really about. They only know the sports life. A lot of these, you know, LeBron James, let's not forget, he graduated from high school, went to the NBA. Uh, whatever he learned, he learned, you know, uh, you know, whether it was business or what, you know, DeMarcus, that whole thing. But I was really, you know, working for the same organization as you, not as long as you and, and everything else. You know, I know it was political, the, the whole situation uh, with DeMarcus and, you know, with Chris Weber and with uh, Matt Barnes. Uh, I, I was truly, truly upset because I know you as a person. I know you. I don't know your wife personally, but I know how the type of person you are. And and there was no way when I found out about you know what, what it happened. Uh, unfortunately, you're breaking up on me right there at the end. Mark, can you hear me? All right, Mark, I'm going to put you back. Do me a favor. I'd love to continue this conversation, Mark. So when you get a little bit better cell reception, let's do it again. I'd love to put you on and we can continue uh, that conversation. And I'm sure, you know what, there's a guy that, gosh, used to call my show in Sacramento for years. And we would get into some pretty heated discussions. But that's what I loved about my radio show in Sacramento. And that's the biggest reason why I wanted to come on and try this app, which I have really enjoyed using. And I will tell you that my plans are huge for what I want to do. And this is just like a warm-up, okay? This is just a warm-up. That's all this is. This is like a, a lap around the track before I get to re ready to run a marathon. I'm just getting going. And where I want to take this and what I want to do, um, trust me, I've got big plans. I've got big plans. And that's why I love people like Mark who are passionate and, you know, know what the hell they're talking about for the most part, even though we got into some pretty heated discussions. <laughs> we really did. We got in some heated discussions. All right, Mark, I've got you back up. Now you got to hit your mic, all right, like you did last time. And then once you do, then you'll be on with me. All right, we got you. Can you hear me, Mark? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, much better. Okay, go ahead. You were in the. You got cut off when you're talking about Demarcus and Webb, and and then you got cut off. 
Well, well, and, and then and then I, I just found it kind of funny the other day. You know, I'm not watching the Kings a lot, and and one of the questions I have for you, being long time with the organization, I mean, I just, you know, what what are you feelings about the Kings and why they've had such such a bad bad history in the NBA besides the Rick Adelman days with Lottie and Chris and you know and Christie and all those guys. I mean. You know, they're the longest running losing team, you know, without a championship, yep. you know, uh, do you just think that, do you think it's Sacramento? Do you think it's the no. ownership? Do you think it is ownership? Uh, there's, there's no question. The Kings, uh, downfall began when the economy tanked in 2007 and the Maloofs went from being great owners, not good owners, great owners that players around the NBA wanted to play for. And then everything changed pretty much overnight. They were in the middle of building their third tower in Vegas. Uh, they had over 90% commitments with deposits. And then the uh, economy tanked. And from that point forward, the Maloofs were never the same. Now, George will tell you that that's not true. And I've had many conversations with the Maloofs about this. And I'm, I, know, I know it's true. They can say whatever they want. I know it's true. They went from a first-class ownership and then things changed overnight, and then there was no money to spend, and the organization went downhill. Then when they sold the team, or when they were going to sell the team to Seattle, and Vivek Ranadive and the other minority owners stepped in, we thought, okay, we dodged that, got a beautiful state-of-the-art arena, uh, but Vivek has been a horrible owner, terrible, just absolutely awful in every sense of the word. And I have real reservations if the Kings will ever be good with Vivek Ranadive as the managing general partner. As a matter of fact, I don't think they ever will be. Uh, the way he runs the basketball team from his perspective is not advantageous for success. So unless something changes there, I am extremely apprehensive about the Kings ever becoming good. I really am. I don't see it Grant, happening. Grant, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you saying that because I know I've – I've, I've tweeted with you a few times about it, Mark Ramento, about Vivek Ranadive and this team not going anywhere as long as he is the owner. They need to do something about it. And I know Vladi, I know, uh, you know, I know Vladi's a good friend of yours and everything. And I was there when Vladi became general manager. And, you know, yes, he didn't have a lot of experience in doing it, but I thought it was more of a popularity play because. You know, Vladi was such a popular guy, and he has a relationship with some people in the NBA. But, you know, I just think some of the moves that the Kings have made over the over the years have just been bad. Uh, you know, I think the judge of, you know, character is not a problem. It's the judge of talent and the judge of uh, professionalism that they bring in. But, you know, I just want bottom line is I'll be I'll be listening to you more, Grant. I love you, man. Thank you. you know, I miss you. Uh, I miss I, you too, man. I What I want to say here is a. I hope, I hope, once this whole deal is done, and believe me, they don't have a leg to stand on with what happened to you and the, and the Matt Barnes hiring Matt Barnes as a commentator. Oh, for travesty! Is a joke. What a joke! It, I mean, that guy. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's an embarrassment. Now, in all fairness, in all fairness, and I want to make sure that we we are the Kings did not hire him. All right, NBC Sports California, which is a disgrace too, uh, yeah. hired him, and I, 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 it is beyond me how you can hire. Uh, someone with the type of criminal record that Matt Barnes has. I'm sorry. I do not understand how that happens. Ex explain that to me, would you please? I, I, I don't understand that either. And you want to talk about racist? I mean, he's probably one of the biggest. 
I mean, I mean, you just follow him. You, you just, you just know some of the things, and it really, it really surprises me because of his mother. And I know him, you know, growing up in Sacramento, going to Del Campo, and all that. You well, know, I love this mom. Me. I love this mom, and I loved his parents. I got to tell you, I got to be pretty close with his mom when he played in Sacramento, or excuse me, played in the NBA the first time around, and then in Sacramento the first time around. And bless her heart, you know, she passed away from cancer, but she was a lovely yeah. woman. Uh, she really was. I, I had she a lot was. of. She was. She was a great lady. Grant, I, I, I hope and pray, and I know you. Uh, I know you'll get back on your feet. I hope and pray that somebody in the NBA or something that like that happens to you after Thank this you. is all over. I, I really appreciate it. Pe- pe- people miss you. You know, you, you're a professional. I mean, you add a lot to the game. And I tell you what, part of the part of the reason why people listen to the Sacramento Kings was because of you, and Jerry, but you, the way you add the excitement to the Thank game. Thank you. God bless you. And Thank I hope, you. I hope this all works out for you, and I'll talk to you again. I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate the support and the comments. You know, one of the great things uh, about what I've gone through uh, has been the support that I continue to receive every day, not only on this app and on my shows, but via social media. Almost every day I get a, a direct message on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I mean, almost every day from people that I don't know. Uh, giving me their support and you know all the comments that I see and I read all the comments on my YouTube channel I love them it, m- it makes me feel good I'm not going to lie I'm a human being of course I like support but I know in my heart who I am I know in my heart what I stand for I know how I know how I have lived my life and you know I'm not going to let Matt Barnes and Chris Weber okay ruin my life that, that, that's not going to happen, all right, because they make these absurd, ridiculous claims because they're mad at me. Hey, if you want to be mad at me, go ahead, be mad at me. You want to call me an asshole? Call me an asshole. You want to, you know, you can say you don't like me as an announcer. You want to say that you think my talk show sucks? Go ahead. You know, that's fine. But don't call me a racist. I mean, that's just wrong. I mean, it's just absolutely wrong. And trust me, what goes around comes around. Just trust me on that, you know. I'm going to be just fine, and I've got a lot of support out there, and I have a lot of people that want to support me, and it means the world to me, and I don't have any problem putting my head on the pillow at night, and I'm not afraid to talk about these issues that are facing our country, and I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong, and I'm not afraid to say I'm sorry, and I've never been one of those people to uh, not be able to apologize, and I've said this for those of you that are new, all you need to do is go on YouTube. And just put in Chris Weber response to Grant Napier. And you can listen to the last conversation I ever had with Chris Weber. And it was embarrassing for Chris. It was an embarrassment for Chris. And you can also look at the, it's, it's also on YouTube, you know, the comments they made as it related to the city council vote that they got completely wrong on TNT. And that's why I had Chris come on the next day. And I had my producer tell Chris why I wanted him on. He knew why he was coming on. And again, all you, you know, just listen to the first 30 seconds of that conversation, because as soon as Chris came on, I said, oh, no, because I, I could tell that he had been drinking or smoking. And I knew right then and there, this was not going to be a good conversation. And it was not. And that's the last time that I spoke to Chris. Of course, him going on TNT 
and having the entire story wrong with his colleagues wasn't his fault. It was my fault. Wasn't Chris's fault. Nope. Doesn't want to come on and be a man and go, yeah, you know what? We made a mistake and we're sorry. Nope. It was my fault. It was my fault. So I don't know what else to say. I didn't know it was my fault that TNT had the information wrong after the biggest city council meeting in the history of the city. Hey, Zach, how are you today? Good. How are you, Grant? Good, Zach. Good hearing from you. Good to hear you, too. Um, I guess that's just where we're since on topic. Um, I don't know. I just thought I'd ask a quick question on, um, you know, your relationship with these guys. I know Chris Weber, we kind of, we kind of all know from 1140. Um, but I guess I just want to kind of know, like, what um, – why do you think DeMarcus and Barnes um, had so much anger, I guess, against you? Like, do you think – I know you had some criticism against DeMarcus during some games or, you know, that his uh, attitude and during practice, which I'm sure uh, he wasn't uh, the best guy uh, in the locker room and stuff, so it's uh, justified. But, I mean, do you think – Do is there anything else uh, you could share that you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to start with DeMarcus or do you want to start with Matt Barnes? Uh, I guess uh, DeMarcus. Uh, DeMarcus was, as we all know, uh, a very controversial figure in Sacramento, was constantly getting suspended. He was constantly berating his coaches. Uh, he was extremely, extremely unprofessional, particularly in his first couple of years. He got better. As he grew older, uh, I think he became a better teammate. But, you know, I shared the story with the late Paul Westfall, and it was one of the worst things that I had ever seen. Uh, we were in China playing the Brooklyn Nets, and Lionel Hollins was sick. And Paul was the lead assistant on Brooklyn. And Paul, who, of course, coached DeMarcus when DeMarcus came into the league in Sacramento, was coaching the Brooklyn Nets. And DeMarcus was running down the floor and Paul was coaching the team and DeMarcus told him, shut the F up and sit down. And Paul said, he just, I, and I'll tell you that when Paul told me this, then the very next quarter, there were free throws and DeMarcus was on the lane. He wasn't shooting free throws, but he was getting ready to rebound the ball. And he turned around and he yelled, don't F and listen to him. He has no idea what he's fucking talking about. All right. Well, anyway, that game, DeMarcus, we were in Shanghai. DeMarcus was kicked out of the game. He was kicked out of the game, and Michael Malone benched him for the game in Beijing, benched him for a preseason game, did not play him. So the next night, we have a red carpet dinner that the NBA put on, and the Nets and the Kings were both in attendance. It was, you know, it was a very formal event. Uh, David Stern was there, you know, all the NBA dignitaries. And so Paul comes up to me and my wife and says to me, you will not believe what happened last night. I go, I think I know what happened. He goes, and he, and he told me, and then he looks at me and he says, you know, I've been in professional sports for a long time. He goes, I've been in basketball for a long time. And he said, I've been in sports a long time. And he says to me, I have never been so disrespected in my entire life. And I looked at Paul and I said, you know what, Paul, I'm not surprised. And the same thing happened to Keith Smart. The same thing happened to George Carl. The same thing happened. I mean, it's just so sad to see the way he talks to people when he's not happy. 
And, you know, listen, I have a radio show, Zach. You used to listen to my show every day, right? You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to go on the air and lie to the fans. I'm not going to go right. on the air and sugarcoat things. So, you know what? I was very opinionated. Uh, you know, as far as DeMarcus asking me via Twitter about my comment or excuse me about BLM, you could have put that out to me on Twitter or, you know, your friends or and I would have responded the same way. I believe all lives matter, every single one. It doesn't mean I don't believe black lives don't matter. It doesn't mean that I don't think that Hispanic lives don't matter or, you know, Asian lives. I believe all lives matter. I believe that all lives matter, every single one. I don't know how else, you know, more clear I could be. As far as Matt Barnes, you know, if I'm a closet racist, why was Matt Barnes on my radio show every week? Why, why did Matt Barnes ask to play in my golf tournament? Why did Matt Barnes spend over $7,000 at my auction for my kids and my future foundation? If I'm a closet racist, why is he asking me if he can play in my golf tournament? He wasn't even on the Kings when he asked me to play in his golf tournament. He was with the Clippers. You know, and I said, sure, absolutely. And then he spent money at the auction. Again, when he played in Sacramento the last time. Uh, when he was a teammate of DeMarcus. What happened in his last couple of months in Sacramento? Well, he put out a video on Instagram of Hennessy in the locker room in Philadelphia when the Kings game was postponed. I got him. On, I went on the radio and got on him for that. How stupid. I said, hey, we all know that guys drink. No big deal. Why are you broadcasting it out on Instagram? Then after that, if you remember, Zach, there was a big brawl at a nightclub in New York City. And if you remember, right. DeMarcus was on the sidewalk in front of the club, not aware that someone had a uh, their video on a camera phone uh, and DeMarcus was bragging about the fight in there and how Matt had cold cocked a gal. Matt was subsequent, subsequently arrested and I went on the radio the next day and I called him out. I said, how embarrassing is this that you're getting ready to play a game in New York? You're representing the Sacramento Kings. You're in a nightclub and you get into a big brawl. I mean, how awful is that? So, you know what? I, I Again, I don't have any problem, but because I called somebody out, I'm a closet racist because I'm telling people, you know, how unprofessional and how irresponsible it is to get in a brawl at a nightclub in New York and uh, allegedly punch a, a female like you're going to get. I'm a closet racist because of that. The problem in our society now, and I really believe this, is that if you're white and you criticize a black person or a black athlete, it's turned around and they use the race card on you. Well, the reality, Zach, is I've criticized a lot of people of different ethnicities, and it, I, I don't sit there and go, well, this person is black, this person is Jewish, this person is, his, oh, you know what, I better not criticize them. I criticize when it is, in my opinion, justifiable. I don't stop and think, well, I better not criticize this person because the color of their skin or their religion or it doesn't ever enter my mind. I don't care about that stuff. But apparently in the society that we're living in today in cancel culture, if you are white and you criticize a person of color, you can be canceled very quickly if someone calls you out for the race card. And I got called out. And because of that, I lost my career. But again, I'm fine with what I said. I will go to my grave thinking that all lives matter, every single one, and I will never apologize for that because that's how I was raised and that's what I believe in. Right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think these guys were just too sensitive at some criticism. Um, I just don't get – like you said, you invited him to – he invited you to a bunch of these things. He's on your show all the time. And hey, Matt, and Matt, Matt invited me to his golf tournament too with Bobby Jackson, Athletes for Cancer. Matt – invited me i played in the tournament for his mom and bobby's mom who both passed away after bouts with cancer you know so i played in matt's tournament too 
You know, I mean, it wasn't like Matt didn't have a problem with me playing his tournament. Uh, I didn't have a problem with Matt playing in my tournament. I didn't have a problem with Matt coming on my radio show even after his arrest for domestic violence and the embarrassing uh, uh, scene in L.A. as it related to Derek Fisher. And I asked him about those things when he came on the radio. And you know what he said? He said, hey, you know what? I learned from them. I want to be a role model to my kids and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, I don't know how you're a role model to your kids when you go into a nightclub in New York and you're in a brawl and you allegedly hit a female and then you're subsequently arrested and charged. You know, I, I, I don't yeah. know how that's a role model for your kids. But that's wasn't that's he, wasn't he uh, wasn't he going to attack Derek Fisher or something too at some point? He did. He did. You know, again, you know, again, I, everyone I'm not going to parent. Uh, Matt's uh, boys that he he can handle that himself, but you know to me that's not being a role model. You know that's but but whatever. But the Kings did not hire Matt Barnes. NBC Sports California hired Matt Barnes, and I will go out on a limb, even though I don't know this. Okay, I don't know this for sure. I'm just going to give you my opinion, and this is nothing more than my opinion. I can pretty much tell you that the Kings were not happy with NBC Sports California hiring Matt Barnes to be on their pre, half, and post game. That's, that, that much I feel pretty confident in saying. Why do, you, why do you think they hired him? I don't know. You'd have to ask the uh, executives at NBC Sports California. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but I do good. think it's kind of – you want to talk about hypocritic. One guy, one guy loses his job for saying all lives matter, every single one, but let's go hire a, a an announcer to replace the announcer that lost his job who goes on social media, okay, and degrades the police with social media, uh, calls the president a white supremacist, applauds when Rush Limbaugh dies, uh, retweets the uh, happiness of Nick Bosa tearing his ACL because he is a Trump supporter. That guy gets the job that I had, and a guy that has been arrested for domestic violence, among other things, gets the job doing pre, half, and post. Now, if that is not hypocritic, double standard, I don't know what the hell is. Yeah, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, was that the, uh, was on your show the last time that you really talked to Matt Barnes, or has there been any um, in person? Uh, yeah, that was the last time when he, yeah, the week that he got traded, yes, absolutely. And then the last time I talked to Chris Weber was when he was on my radio show uh, when he hung up on me. Oh, wow, yeah. Hey, you remember that conversation or not? The don't hang up, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, just go I, Google it. Just Google. I, Google, I, when I, you get a minute, I've Google Chris. Well, go to YouTube and just put in Chris Weber responds to Grant Napier and listen to the conversation. I've heard it plenty of times. Oh, okay. Uh, then you know. Definitely. Yeah, yep. I, know, I know the Chris Weber situation. Do you, do you have any relationship with any of the other guys left on that team? Bibby, yes. You haven't talked to Bibby? Uh, um, I have a relationship yeah. with quite a few guys on that team. Okay, okay. Several. Uh one, two, three, four, five guys that played on that team. I'm, I still have constant contact with. And uh, wow, that's uh, that's crazy. That's that's uh, well, that's interesting. I just yeah, I kind of just want to ask about, um, you know, with your last conversations with those guys because I know the Chris Weber one. That one's pretty famous. Um, but how about Demarcus? Uh, was was that pretty much the same? Just on your show, same thing. Uh, the last conversation i've had a lot of conversations with demarcus even when we were going back and forth you know demarcus is a he's bipolar 
I, he's not med- I don't know if he's medically bipolar, but he's bipolar. There are times when DeMarcus is a great guy to talk to, fun, and and then there are other times when he is just mad at the world and is going to curse you out and is going to curse out, you know, whoever. You know, he has no filter. I mean, you know how many times that uh, DeMarcus cursed at fans in games? No, yeah. I mean, it happened all the time. And on the road, it happened all the time. He has no filter. He doesn't have the ability to go, Okay, I need to bite my tongue and keep my mouth shut. He he has a temper on him and he can't control his outbursts. And but there were you know there's two sides of Demarcus. There's a warm, fuzzy, you know, uh, huggable big guy who's doing great things for people. And then there's the other guy who will go into a locker room at halftime and completely curse out Keith Smart or cur- curse out George Carl or curse out Paul Westfall and you know curse out his teammates. And call a woman in the crowd, you know, uh, S, you know, suck my blank. I mean, it happened all the time. It just, he had, he has no filter, no filter at all. What did the other players, uh, you know, during DeMarcus, they're just watching because I I know, you know. Players used to try to help him all the time. Players used to try to talk to him all the time. Players would try to get him to stop that behavior all the time. A lot of the guys would try to help him repeatedly. Like, uh, yeah, during the – who would you say was trying to help him the most? Like, Isaiah, during that Isaiah Thomas – Oh, no, Isaiah – no, Isaiah and him went were, – were like two uh, Rams battering each other because uh, De- De- DeMarcus would always be yelling and, and criticizing Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah would try to help him, yes, but no – listen, I, you know what, Zach? There were a lot of the guys that would try to help him. A lot of the guys would try to, you know, get him to act differently and, you know, stop berating the officials – I mean, it happened all the time. Guys were always trying to help him. They really were. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, I still see it. I mean, he's played like a couple of games with Denver. I think he got ejected like t- once or twice already. So, um, or I uh, you know, I don't know. There was some stat where he's he's been playing a certain like a certain amount of minutes and it was very low, and he's gotten like four technicals already. So, well, uh, I, again, you know, you, you are we surprised by that? No, no. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of get some uh, info on your last uh, talks with these guys. Those were those were pretty much the last ones. I don't remember specifically the last talk I had with Matt Barnes, but it would have been the last time he was on the show right before he got traded. All right. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right, Grant. Appreciate it. Thank you, time. buddy. Yep. Thanks. Take care. And again, I have no problem answering these questions. I mean, I really don't. You know, I, I if you want to know, I'm happy to tell you. I have nothing to hide. Maybe those guys have something to hide. I don't. Eli, you're on with Grant. Hello, Eli. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey, Grant, thanks for taking me again. I know I've already been on today, but I was also the one who asked you a couple of weeks ago initially about the Matt and Chris situation. So that's why I wanted yes. to kind of jump on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I do remember you asking me now that you bring it up. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, that was and that was a great chat. So, um, yeah, my question is just to continue off of the conversation now. Did you have were you ever employed by NBC Sports or not? No. Okay, and then with the Kings, I know that you're not involved in a lawsuit with them. You're involved with the lawsuit against Bonneville. So with the Kings, was that just you just kind of you guys just kind of came to an agreement without sharing any details? Or? I'm not. I can't talk about anything with the Kings. Okay, understood. Um, you mentioned that you uh, were going to do something bigger um, soon, and you know, can you talk about that at all? Or is that also well, I, I'm just telling you that uh, I have some people that are trying to help me uh, grow and move this up a couple of notches. And I'm excited about the possibilities uh, for the interim. You know, we're going to continue doing what we're doing, but I want to be the way I was uh, before I lost my career, particularly in Sacramento with the large Sacramento audience that I had. Um, quite frankly, I want to take over the market and I believe that I can and I believe that I will. And I want it to be just the way it used to be. And that's that's my goal, among other things. So my goal is to build up this audience here on Listen App and my other uh, endeavors that I'm doing and literally uh, be the best thing going on in Sacramento and Northern California. That's my goal. OK, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're specifically looking to Sacramento again. Then that's that's awesome. Listen, that's really I, awesome. I've, I was there for 33 years. I was on the radio and talked with people like you and others for 26 years. You people were a part of my life every day for three and four hours every day for 26 years. Some of my listeners have passed. I have new listeners that are now children. I have people my age. I have men. I have women that have listened to me for decades. And the reason why this app that I'm on right now, Listen App, was so attractive to me was to be able to reconnect. And now that I've done this for a couple of months and I'm starting to slowly but surely reconnect, I'm thinking, okay, let's go larger. Let's let's look at a bigger picture where instead of having like last week where I had 130 listening to me at the trade deadline, I can have a couple of thousand listening and really build this up and have it just the way it was when I was in Sacramento radio. So listen, I got to be realistic about this. The vast majority of the people that support me are from the greater Sacramento area. So yes, I would like to, you know, get back into that market. Uh, the great thing is I don't have to have a job at a radio station or a TV station in Sacramento to take over the market. I can do it with what I'm doing right now. And that's what I'm planning on doing. Amazing. So if that ends up working out, uh, do you imagine you might uh, possibly relocate back to Sacramento? Yeah, I could see that happening. Absolutely. I'm leaving all options open. You know, the great thing is, you know, I don't have to be in Sacramento to do a show like this. I still go to Sacramento quite often, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of that, but I actually travel uh, to Sacramento very often. I have my two boys that live in the area. So I go back. I have, you know, my best friends live in uh, Sacramento. I have, listen, I was there for more than half my life. I will always be close to Sacramento. I will always consider Sacramento my home. But, you know, the great thing is with the technology today, I don't actually have to be in Sacramento to do a show in Sacramento. So we'll see. I'm keeping all avenues open. Sounds great. Would love to see you out here again, Grant. Thank you, Eli. You take care, okay?
Thank you. You too. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it happens, I'm, I'd be thrilled. Absolutely. You know, uh, I'm keeping all options open. Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, Grant. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, Jerry. What can I do for you? Good, good. Yeah. Um, just got a couple of quick questions since we're just kind of going with miscellaneous topics right now. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if there's any update with like the book you were planning on writing. Um, yes. I remember you said you wanted to write a book. I'm wondering if there's any updates with that. I'm actually speaking with somebody that approached me and my biggest issue is what is the format of the book going to be? And I am still wrestling with that. And the person that has approached me wants it to be a, a tell-all book, and I don't really feel comfortable with that. I believe that there are certain things that I know that need to stay within my own body. Um, I believe that there are certain lines that I should not cross, but there are also many things that I do know that I think the vast majority of fans would be completely blown away by would be just like, wow. And I have so many stories that have really not been told yet. So uh, we're talking about it. I have to decide what route I want to go and what line I will cross and the lines that I will not cross. There are lines that I will not cross based on ethics and morals. I just won't do it. So um, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you posted. There's nothing imminent, but we are talking. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, speaking the elephant out of the room, like everybody obviously wants to know like the ins and outs of like what's been going on with management. Like you hear like sure. some of the stories with Sam Mayman, you know what I mean? So like, yep. obviously we can respect like, you know, there's some lines that you can't cross though, but you know, as Kings fans, we're all really curious of what's going on with the organization, with the team we've been following for years. Yep. Um, but, but other than that, um, my other question was like, do you still have like a relationship with uh, the guys at CBS sports radio? Like I know you used to cover Jim Rome show a lot. Wondering if you still like talk to Rome, have any relationship with those guys at all? Still? Yeah, you know, it's for, first of all, I didn't really talk to Jim that much. I've only, uh, I was only, I think, had three conversations with Jim face to face in my life, and he had me on his show maybe two or three times, but I really didn't have a relationship with Jim. I did with all of the other people uh, that worked down there. You know, I did the show, I think, for sixteen or seventeen years. And, you know, Alvin Deloro, who's just the best on the board, you know, got to know him well. You know, Jay Stu, who was his producer before Adam Hawk. And now Adam has left and, uh, you know, some other people. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still in touch with those people. Uh, but I didn't really – Jim and I didn't – we didn't have our each other's phone numbers. You know, Jim's not the one that asked me to fill in. It was the executive producer that would always reach out to me and ask me to fill in. So, you know, I didn't really have a uh, that type of – relationship with Jim. Gotcha. And then one more question before I go. Um, do you plan on like uh, having guests on during the podcast? Like I know like it'd be kind of cool to talk to you and Jerry about what's yes. been going on uh, with, with the organization, what's been going on, uh, you know, just team wise. I think it'd be kind of cool if like, you know, we had like a type of thing where you have Jerry on live like right yeah, now. You know what? We kind of like pick Yeah, I'm going to actually ask Jerry to come on this app uh, hopefully next week and and we can take phone calls. How would that be? I mean, that'd be cool, though. The only the only concern is I don't know how great Jerry is with technology. I know. Well, so you know what? Oh, I, I got to be the I know. That, that's, we'll do a dry run. We'll do a test run before he does it. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, absolutely. It'd, it'd definitely be excited. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of see, uh, you know, what would be going on with that, though. But that would, or, that would uh, definitely be exciting. Or I might sure. do a podcast live uh, on No Filter, and that's easy to get on. And then, you know, people can actually join us right on the Internet. It's super easy. It's just as easy as this app is. So there's a couple of possibilities that I am working on. I'm also, Jerry, uh, going to look at some games that are upcoming after the All-Star break on NBA TV and do kind of a, a live listen show, you know, like do it like we are now while we're all watching the game and we can comment on it. And so, you know, there are a couple of things that I'm definitely going to be doing in the future. And then what was the website for the No Filter podcast? Because I was trying to I was trying to find it live because I know yep. you guys go on at it, one. I was just wondering what the it's nofilter.net. Do you follow me on Twitter? Uh, I okay. do. Yeah. I always put the link before every show right on my Twitter account. So you can just click on the link, but it's nofilter.net. And you can check out the whole network. Sean and I are on Tuesdays at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific. And then on Thursdays, we come on at 2 o'clock Pacific. Gotcha. Yeah, I just looked it up. Just letting you know, I think it only works in the Safari app because I usually use Google Chrome and it says, please use a different app. So. I think that's probably why I couldn't find it before. But, I didn't know that. Um, I thought, okay. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not because I'm on Google Chrome. It, I guess it doesn't work on Google. Are Chrome you sure about reason, that? So. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not because I use Google Chrome. Yeah, it's. It says so. It, it shows the yep. website, but it shows a black screen saying, "Please use Safari app in order to use No Filter Network." Interesting. And I'm going to tell you, I yeah. have. I. It. Again, I don't know anything about technology. I really don't. But I uh, watch shows. On no filter. I watch uh, during the baseball season. I used to watch Eric Burns and Will Clark all the time. They had a show called Deuces Wild, and it was great. And I have Chrome, and I always was able to get on no filter. So I, I, I think it might be. I think it might be an iPhone oh. thing because iPhone typically uses Safari, and I know you have an Android. And I'm on my phone okay. right now. It could be. It could be an iPhone thing because I don't know if I'll if I go to my you know computer or whatnot and go to Google Chrome. It might work differently, but yeah, okay. it could be just a weird technology. Well, good thing, to know. Yeah, just letting you Thanks, know with man. that. I really appreciate it. Jerry, it's good hearing from you. Thanks for the questions. Yeah, th thank you. Yeah, appreciate thank you. it. Good stuff today. I really enjoy this. If you want to come on the show, all you got to do is uh, raise your hand uh, and we will do it. Really good questions today. I love talking about this. This is good stuff. So, you know, I'm trying to branch out and do a lot of different things, but this is uh, – I like where all of this is going. You know, I really do. And my numbers on my podcast and we're, we're approaching 2 million downloads. And I've been doing this since October of 2020. So I'm really proud of that, that I'm coming close to 2 million downloads. And I'm like, wow, okay. You know, I'm like, we, we, we're just beginning. And I really mean that. We're just beginning. We really are. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen App. All you got to do is raise your hand. When I put you in stage on cue, uh, you're on with me. Ian, how are you, Ian? Ian, are you there, buddy? Can you hear me? Yep, go ahead. Hey, I uh, was wondering if uh, you had any fear on adding a video component to the show. Yes, uh, that's something else that I'm talking about, and it probably wouldn't be on Listen App since this is a, uh audio app, but it will be for my podcast and uh, everything else I do 
yes, my goal is to put everything on video. Not this, though, because this is, you know, obviously a, for lack of a better term, a radio type of an app. It's an audio only app. But for my other things that I do, my podcast uh, and whatever else I'm doing, yes, I want to make it a, into a video component. Yeah, I think that would be yep. really cool. Um, uh, is that something that would go on yes. YouTube? Okay. Yeah, I think that would be great. I, I listen to a lot. I really enjoy um, ones that do video too. So. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks very much. I really appreciate you calling in. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Right. Good stuff right there. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen Up. We got Zach back with us. What's up, Zach? Hey, uh, Grant. Sorry. Um, quick question. Just another, uh, just to see who, uh, relationship wise, how about, um, Katie, uh, Jim Cozumore, Carmichael, Dave, do you guys t do you have, I know maybe Carmichael, Dave, you still talk to, but just kind of seeing how your relationships are with those guys. And, yeah. Who, 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 um, who, who was the other the one? Who was the other one? Uh, Katie Christensen, Jim Cozumore and Carmichael yeah, well, Dave. and thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, mm -hmm. yes. Carmichael Dave's one of my close friends. Uh, when Katie got the uh, job uh, as the broadcaster, uh, I congratulated her and we shared a couple of messages. You know, I didn't really have communication with Katie when we weren't working. Uh, so that's not that unusual on the road. Yes. Uh, traveling. Yes. At games. Yes. Uh, and then Jim Cosmore and I never really were on the same page. He's probably one of the few people in Sacramento that I can say that about. But. I thought he was great what he did on social media a couple of weeks ago, and I gave him a lot of props for that. I thought it was great. I really did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Dave has always been uh, a very uh, close friend of mine for uh, a long time. Absolutely. All right, hey, if you want to get in on the program, uh, all you need to do is raise your hand, and we'll put you right up on uh, stage. Tomorrow, open forum Wednesday, even though that's what uh, today is. Open Forum Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, the Kings are in Chicago tomorrow night, taking on the Bulls. And then it is the All-Star break. Probably we'll have Jerry on Friday and Brian Urlacher on Tuesday. Maybe we'll switch a little bit, but that's what I foresee happening. But uh, we're going to get to some more phone calls, and we check in with Nando. Hey, Nando, how are you, man? Hey, Grant, man. How's it going? Long time no speak, buddy. How you been? Hey, man, I've been good, uh, busy with a lot of work, but I've been w listening on my podcast app, and I'm just glad we're getting a lot of callers yep. on the show, and the conversations have been amazing, honestly. Thank you. Um, I you saw a three-hour show. I tuned into that while I was doing some working out, and I was like, wow, man, I, I really, really like the the Thank callers you. and the people's perspectives on a lot of things, but um, I'm glad you're doing well, man, and I wanted to ask, uh, I don't know if you touched on this today. Yeah, I'm a little late to the show, but I saw that Goran Dragic reached the buyout with the San Antonio yep. Spurs. And then I see Wojnarowski was saying that the Lakers might be interested. I, I don't know, but why why the hell would Goran try to do that? And I don't know if I'm a bit biased here, but shouldn't he just make his way back to Miami? Doesn't it feel like he has just heat culture in him and should just retire? As I would love heat? that. I mean, you know, I think Miami's the best team in the East. They're number one right now. And you think about all the injuries and everything that they've had, you know, Bam Adebayo, you know, the game Butler, you know, Lowry missed some time. You know, the thing with Lowry, though, you know, you would love to have insurance back there. And Goran Dragic is a guy, if I'm Miami, I would love to have Goran Dragic, but I don't even see him, you know, based on what Woj and them are saying, he's not even on the list when they talk about potential teams, which is kind of surprising to me. Maybe that's Miami. Maybe Miami's not interested 
interested in him. But I was with you. When I when I saw that news about Dragic, I thought, boy, Miami, perfect fit for him. But it just doesn't seem like they're talking. Yeah, I know. And that's what shocked me the most because I don't know if you caught this, but he's actually attended like quite a few heat games at in just at yep. the arena. And he's been practicing yep. in Miami. You know, he's he still wears yep. heat gear. He's caught wearing. So I'm just like, I mean, I mean, why not? And he never wanted to leave in the first place. And, you know, we had to do what we had to do for our business to get Lowry. But I just feel like it's just right, you know, and people are concerned from the Heat side because, you know, we have the emergence of Gabe yes. Vincent, who's playing well at the end of the day. But like you said, insurance for Lowry, if Lowry goes down, I mean, who better than to put in? But I agree with him. you. So that that's why I'm. That's why I feel like we should go after it. But I was I was shocked to hear Woj. You know, I keep on hearing Dallas, you know, and I'm I'm going, wait a minute, Dallas. Uh, but the Mavericks now, you know, they've said that they won't pursue him. I, I'm not really sure. I, I'm really not. But to me, I'm with you. It just makes sense to me. Miami just makes a lot of sense. He knows the system. Everyone knows him. I think he would accept his role, which would obviously be a much lesser role than what he had here. I don't think that would be a problem for him. But, boy, could you have a better insurance right. policy than him? I don't think so. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm telling you something. Whoever does end up getting him is definitely going to gonna use him. But I hope it's not L.A. Well, I, don't, I don't want him. You know, I'm a Goran Dragic fan. I don't want him in that mess. Well, I know that I saw the Warriors were listed. The Bucks were among the teams interested. So I was a little surprised to hear the Warriors – but, again, all teams right now, they're looking for insurance. They're looking for that guy that they can put in there that is going to be able to run the team in case of injury. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we would definitely see, man. But, uh, Grant, uh, thanks for taking my call. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Love Thank you, show. Nando. Appreciate you. Take care. All right. Good stuff right there. I met Nando from social media, who was a huge De'Aaron Fox fan. Used to watch the games all the time. He lives in New Jersey. And then I had him on my podcast over a year ago. And I told him he was really good. I had him on as just like a, a Grant's rant type of a deal. And I said he was really good. I really, and then he started doing his own podcast. And it was a, it's a Miami based podcast. When I mean based. Uh, it's on the Dolphins and the Heat. And he does a great job. He really does. He does He does a great job. He's really worked hard on that. And I am always retweeting his work. And uh, I listen when I, can, when I can. You should check it out. It's Miami Sports Vibes is the name of the podcast. Really, if you're into, you know, just a guy that was – not a broadcaster that wanted to just get involved. And he also spends time on the Marlins, but I don't have the heart to tell Nando. No one cares about the Marlins. So don't be wasting your time talking about the Marlins, but he has, he's done a great job with it. He really does. He really has great job. Miami sports vibes with Nando Diaz you should look it up. It's on your favorite podcast platform. And he really does. He does a great job. I'm really happy for him. You know, he went from just being a fan, someone that called shows and uh, loves the Aaron Fox, loves uh, Miami, the Heat, the Dolphins, which, you know, I don't understand. I'm a guy lives in the New York metropolitan area. Root for the New York teams, Nando, would you please? 
But no, he's, he does a great job. So check out uh, his podcast. Hey, don't forget tomorrow, I will be coming on again, same time at uh, three o'clock. And we'll have an open forum Wednesday, although this has pretty much been an open forum Tuesday. I look forward to that. And then uh, we'll do Thursday and Fridays, the uh, NBA All-Star break. We'll talk about some other things. I also want to know, we won't do it today, maybe tomorrow, if you care at all about what's going on with the baseball lockout. You know, Sean Salisbury and I did our no-filter show today. And he said people in Houston, they talk about this all the time. And I'm like, really? He's like, oh, yeah, it's a really hot topic on the radio. I put the show up on my YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform. So that show that I did with Sean today has already been posted. It's up on YouTube, and you can so you can watch it on YouTube. All right? We were talking about Ian. Ian, you can watch the show that I did today with Sean Salisbury on YouTube, or uh, you can listen to it on your favorite podcast platform uh, as uh, I have posted it. All right? So it's all there for you. Uh, my podcast with Sean Salisbury. Love Sean. He's great. And it's uh, unfiltered. That's our podcast, unfiltered on No Filter Network. And Sean is awesome, man. I love Sean. He's freaking awesome. Just incredible. I have so much respect for him. Love how he has just, you know, he was rock, rock, rock bottom. And he's worked his way up and he's done some great things. Just Really have a lot of respect for him. All right, so, hey, thank you so much for the show today. Love the phone calls. Really, really uh, love the phone calls. And you can help me out by uh, passing uh, the word around, all right, and let your friends and family members know that I'm doing this pretty much every day uh, at 3 o'clock, all right? 3 o'clock Pacific, pretty much every day. Chris, you don't want to be on with me, all right? I had Chris up on stage, and then he – uh, dropped off. Chris, if you want to come on before I get off, just hit that hand icon and I'll put you right up on stage. If not, you can call me tomorrow and anyone else that wants to uh, talk to me. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Love the phone calls. And I love the. you can ask me anything. And if I can't answer a question, I'll tell you I can't answer it. You know, just got to be honest. I'm trying to be transparent and uh, we'll continue to do so. All right. Hey, make it a great rest of the day. Thank you so much, everyone. I look forward to being back with you tomorrow at 3 o'clock right here on Listen Up. So long, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.